goal chance for Conor McGrath Bernie is sure to give it in Conor what a goal Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line Team Mackie still going goal is up for Caps oh what a goal I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world it's time to take Sam to throne if you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, work the street. <laughs> been a look, Donovan Connor, a wild effort on goal. It's over! It's over! It's over! It's Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whenever you're listening, this is Off the Ball's GAA podcast. GAA on News Talk with Board Gosh Energy, proud sponsors of the GAA All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. Keep up to date and follow hashtag Hurling to the Core. You can get your abuse into Shane Stapleton via uh, Twitter on at Shane Saint, please. And you can abuse me on at Oshin Langan, but I'm a bit more sensitive than Shane, so try and direct it his way as much as you possibly I know, can. Plenty of timber for him. Uh, coming up today, ex Cork forward Shawnee McGrath on the Munster final against Clare this Sunday. Tommy Walsh, by the way, will be watching that game for Off the Ball on Sunday afternoon. We'll also look ahead to the other provincial final this weekend. That's the Connacht football final. Ross Common going to Galway. Donica Boyle of the Irish Independent will join us. Eddie Brennan will also speak to us. The Kilkenny Under-21 manager. This week he led them to their first Bordgosh Energy Leinster Under-21 title since 2012. And he's got a, a really kind of cool attitude to being a manager. Yeah, and he's very open. He's a lot more open than many managers. And he kind of takes his punditry attitude into his... Management. Yeah, attitude. he's a straight shooter. Isn't it interesting that for like uh, 15 years you couldn't get a word out of Kilkenny players and now <laughs> the media is absolutely stacked with them? Yeah, they were regarded as not very entertaining as talkers. There was, you know, very good players, excellent players, but not a whole pile of characters. But I will, Well, I'm sure there are. Like, I mean, no, of what course, I mean is... Yeah, and I'm not suggesting yeah. that you were are somehow implying that they weren't characters, but... No, it was very much kept under wraps and I think when you've got an autocratic figure in place that nobody wants to challenge or, you know, step out of line with, mm. you know, you're going to button it up. Yeah, you are. But in the last couple of years, a lot of the guys who played under Brian Cody have retired and they've let their personality flourish. JJ yeah. Delaney, ex-pundit. Noel Hickey, actually mm. a very good pundit. Taggy Fogarty, I've done commentary with him. He's excellent. You actually worked with him during the week. Yeah, and he was great crack. Yeah, was good, good, cra- good laugh with him. And Tommy Walsh, Michael Rice, but it's Derek Ling before he went back in as a mm. selector, you know? It's even changing a little bit because Jackie Tyrrell, even while he was still on the panel, he did the toughest trade thing, which yeah. 10 years ago you wouldn't see that happen or you wouldn't no. imagine it would happen. And you got a sense that you knew Jackie Tyrrell when he was on the panel, whereas before you got a sense that you didn't really know the Kilkenny lads. You knew of them. You knew they were mm. excellent hurlers but you didn't get a sense of personality. You always got that with Jackie. You get that still with Paul Murphy, who's on that panel. Michael Fenley, the same. Colin, his brother. All very engaging talkers. Richie Hogan is an excellent talker. Richie Hogan, Killian Buckley. There's a good few. Owen Murphy, hmm. you know, uh, the goalkeeper who's really a centre-back, but who's actually a goalkeeper. It's turning into and a And forward. It really is. We love yeah. Kilkenny. We're going to hear from Eddie Brennan a little bit later on. Uh, before all that, though, it is the news. But Shane, I guess the news this week, really is Galway. They yeah. are the news, the hurlers, I mean. Well, there's an absence of controversies this week. There's no Jeremy Connolly, there's no Jim Gavin dragging it on, there's no Brendan O'Sullivan. There's We're not no, going to drag it on There's either. no Tipperary rumour mill, you know. So this week, the story is actually the sport, which is Galway continuing to be an absolute juggernaut. And I know it's like 2012, they won Leinster, and after that, they started to fail. Like, and 
and they still got to the final but their performance in the semi-final against Cork wasn't as good and then they faded in the two All-Ireland finals against Galway or sorry Kilkenny and only got seven scores from play in each of those games which kind of they, they had been averaging like 16 or 17 from play before that and it really fell off a cliff because they'd started their season so early like I think they started training in October and it went to almost October again so they'd faded now I don't think that's going to be an issue this time because Donoghue's in his second season Anthony Cunningham was in his first season that time they just seemed so primed, so primed, and it was so fuss-free the way they dispo- like they disposed of. They weren't of amazing, but they never looked troubled. And it, it was a bit like Tipperary last year. You couldn't say that anybody was like Park Maher was an eight or nine out of ten in every single game, but there wasn't too many guys who were absolutely shooting the lights out, and yet they were hammering Cork, they were hammering Limerick, they were just beating teams so easily, and yet nobody was on fire per se, standing out above the rest. And that's what we have with Galway at the moment. They're an unbelievably cohesive, performance-driven team. They're total on-message, process-driven, you know. And unlike in 2015 and 2012, and they were good Galway teams who probably should have won those All-Irelands. You look now and you can't really spot a weakness. Now, I say that with the caveat that they haven't really been tested yet in the Championship because I think it's fair to say no, not Wexford weren't great last Sunday. They weren't as good as they could have been. I still think even if they were, Galway probably still would have beaten them. But you look at the Galway team now and you think, I can't really pick a weakness there. Maybe maybe their wide count. Maybe their accuracy. Well, well let, let's see their... No, and this is a case of if it happens. But let's see what their forward line or back line is like if they lose the middle eight battle and they're under pressure, and there's fastball going in, and they're being turned a little bit. That That's when we'll know. You know, when Grode McInerney, six foot four or whatever he is, has to turn around and chase backwards. If we get to that stage, then we'll know what mm. this team are truly made of. At the moment, it's going to take like somebody like Tipperary to come back from the dead, which, they're currently, which they currently are, to see if they can test them. Maybe Cork can, maybe Clare can. I'm not still f- fully convinced that either of those can. But um, right now, Galway are definite front runners and yeah but as you say they haven't been tested so we're still not 100% sure but Michal Donahue has done all he can they made Tip look very ordinary in that league final made him look brutal that was half Tip being very poor half Galway being very good but Donahue he's a silent assassin he worked with Eamon O'Shea at Tipperary he's obviously taken from his time there he obviously learned a lot about how it's done he was e- even good before that having led his club Claren Bridge to an All-Ireland title mm-hmm. he took the S&C coach Lucas Curtinstein as well yeah Exactly, and that's a big deal as well. So he obviously had a very clear idea of what he wanted to do with this Galway team. And in the first year, results-wise, they weren't amazing, but I think people were willing to give him a bit of time because they knew it would take time. And he's crafted this very strong 15 and bench. Yeah, and like they're just so physically dominant. You know that This is three years in a row now where they've absolutely bullied Tipperary. Bullied them in the 2015 All-Ireland semi-final, won by a point. Mm somehow contrived to lose by a point last year obviously didn't help with Adrian Tui and maybe Joe Canning who had a, a quiet game not really uh, obviously that didn't help he was help injured last, last year wasn't he well he that's when he ripped his hamstring yeah. uh, just before half time yeah um, well that's then, what I mean uh, yeah he got injured in that game yeah yeah yeah, yeah, time, yeah yeah and then this year like destroyed Tipperary in the league final there's mm-hmm. no two ways about it and not only that when Tip were struggling they absolutely kept the boot on their throat for the full game yeah as they should. They and, did not let up. And that's the and along with how their form has continued, that is the sign of a time uh, team that's that's you know on the way. I mean, they shouldn't be stopped this year. This team should have an All Ireland by now. Like Joe Canning will be twenty nine um, at the end of this season, or just after the end of this season. 
he like you know a great great hurler to be remembered as a great great player I want to see him lead him to an All-Ireland and not just be a part of the, the team which of course you know I mean that Obviously, that'll be part of it if if they do win it. But I'd love to see him just kind of cemented and put away any doubts that people ever have about him, and just put in a couple. What, what of would defining you like to see him do that he's not doing? Because I, I watched him against Wexford, and granted, I watched it back, so I watched it on TV. And when you watch a game on TV, you don't see a lot of stuff that goes on off the ball, mm. and you don't see a lot of movements. You don't see if a guy is bursting out to get the ball. And the thing is, is when you watch a game on TV, you only see when they get the ball. A lot of the time, you don't see when they run for it and don't get the ball. Mm. And it's those runs that you make when you don't get the ball that can make the big difference over the course of 70, 75 minutes. But I thought he created scores. He took his freeze well. And he worked for his team. What, like, what more do you want out of a guy? Oh, yeah, look. I think it's first of all it's it's fair to point out that he had a bit of knee ligament damage going into the game and he yeah. had to get an injection before and I think everyone saw the photos afterwards where his yeah. knee was bandaged up. Because he wasn't bursting out at speed and that's why and, and I don't think he'll even be playing for Portumna against St Thomas's this weekend. Ooh, I think I think big loss. Yeah, yeah, huge loss. So we'll wait and see. I presume he'll be okay. if he was able to get through the Wexford game, I think we can all presume he'll be fine for the, the semi final. Yeah. It's a good bit away yet. Um but so so it's hard to judge him too harshly based on the uh, on the game the other day. But I would say if he's centre forward, and the game plan is always built around him because I, I don't think anyone would argue he is the player with the most talent mm. on their team. So if you're centre forward, you've got to be demanding the ball at all times, always sprinting towards the ball, always like because the half backs will be told find Joe, everyone will be told yeah. find Joe, find Joe, find Surely Joe. He couldn't so do it's that up to Joe to show for the ball constantly, be sprinting for yeah. it constantly, and a lot of time I just felt. And again, he was carrying an injury. Yeah. But in and I've seen them live against Offaly as well. I don't find that he's sprinting enough towards the ball yeah. too often. And and a few lads who have marked him find at in the full forward, full back position find that some forwards are darting all the time and make you gamble yeah. and guess. He doesn't. He's kind of just the ball will come in and I'll beat you to it. But I'd like to see him at centre forward, like darting yeah. around the place, sprinting for that ball. And if he does that, I think he could put in performances that would be of the level of, you know, like in the last couple of years, like Callan's obviously delivered massively, yeah. TJ Hogan. But if he's TJ injured, Reed, that could Hogan. be quite difficult to do, especially uh, making shuttle runs over 70 minutes. Yeah, but that's what, that's what we need to see. If you're going to win All-Ireland, the body's going to go on the line. Like Richie Hogan, 10 days before an All-Ireland semi-final in 2015, he'd had a back spasm and he couldn't actually, he could barely move. Hmm. And they didn't think he'd be able to play. And he goes out and I think he scores four or five from play and he's man of the match. You know, and I'm not saying that that's what yeah. Canning has to do. I mean, we demand so much of him, but that's because his talent is so great. And like, I think people go very easy on him at times. You know, when you criticise Joe Canning, it's a bit like, you know, telling a hipster that a Quentin Tarantino movie was rubbish when half of them are rubbish. You know, and that's just people are just such a, a hair trigger reaction. And it's it's the same when you say anything negative about Colin Cooper in relation to how he played against... Well, so Dublin what you're saying is Joe, Joe was in that bracket where you can't really criticise him because yeah, people not always defend him. Like with TJ Reid, he yeah. was brilliant against Limerick and yet on the Sunday game they were talking about... He was about, quiet. Uh, yeah, he was quiet. Said, yeah. Yet Joe was relatively quiet and people are saying he was pretty good. Was he relatively quiet though? Nailed his freeze, created space, created, created scores, yeah. couldn't probably... We don't know the nature exactly of his injury. Yeah. But I presume if you've got a ligament injury in your knee mm. you can't sprint you don't, you don't have that kind of burst and I think throughout pace, this analysis never blessed I've, with pace anyway throughout this analysis I've allowed for the injury you know uh, yeah. so I haven't judged him completely harshly or, uh, but you know freeze are a part of the game yes obviously he, t- he took those well mm. but 
generally, are we not judging it on your gameplay? And he set up several chances and he worked relatively hard at times, probably in his own half of the field too often. Yeah. And Matthew Hanlon got the few scores. Last year in the Leinster final, he touched the ball eight times and half of them were in his own yeah. half. And this is why I'm saying he needs to be making more runs towards the ball, collecting the ball all the time. Just because he's clearly got the talent. So just from here on out, for the rest of the season, that's, this is when it's going to be amped up. And if Galway are to win in All-Ireland, they'll probably need him to be at the height of his powers. He can do it. I just want to see him do it. Off the Balls GA podcast, it is Shane and O'Shane with you. GA on News Talk with Gosh Energy, giving customers exclusive access to the GA Hurling All-Ireland Senior Championship at bgerewards.ie. Still to come, Dunica Boyle of the Irish Independent on the Connacht Football Final and everything else in football this weekend because it is a very, very busy weekend. Also, we'll talk to the Kilkenny Under-21 Hurling Manager Eddie Brennan about his management style and the pressure of being a manager in Kilkenny considering who you're going to be compared to. You're going to be compared to Brian Cody and that, that can be quite difficult. At first though, we're joined by former All-Ireland winning Cork forward Shawnee McGrath who is also a selector when Cork won the Munster Championship and when they were beaten by Clare in an All-Ireland final in 2013. Uh, Shawnee, before we talk about this game on Sunday, Cork taking on Clare in the Munster final in Thurles, talk to me about your own memories of playing Clare in the late 90s. Obviously they dominated the kind of mid-90s winning the All-Irelands in 95 and 97 uh, but then in in '99, you came along and and took the mantle off them. Yeah, uh, they were good memories. Or Shane made my own debut against Clare in 1997. Um, we were beaten by three or four points. Um, I suppose fortunately it wasn't a bad game for myself. It was a good debut. Um, and then we had good battles with them in the league semi final in '98. Um, semi final in the championship '98, and then we played them in the final '99. And there's no doubt about it in my mind that they were they were definitely the team to beat, and they were unquestionably the team of the decade for me. Um, and I think they probably should have won more. They were very unlucky in '98, and why they didn't dominate to the extent that Kilkenny dominated in the noughties, I still think that they were an exceptional team, and they should go down in the ends of the game as being, you know, a great, great side. Um, we had fierce battles with them. They did at the time brilliant players, a lot of iconic figures, figures that went on to become iconic names in the game: David Fitz, Brian Lone, Charlie McMahon, and um, brilliant midfielder in Ali Baker and. A great forward in the likes of James O'Connor, um, PJ O'Connell, and these fellas, Connor Clancy. They were all great players. So, you know, at the time they were our benchmark, and to beat them, we got a big thrill out of it. And any time we beat them, we felt that we were, we were kind of on our way, if you want. We just saw them as, 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 as I said, as the, the sort of um, the team to beat, if you want. An incredibly skillful team. They had some great players, but there was a hard edge to that Clare team. Was that? A, a, something that really dominated the games was that something you really noticed about them or were they just as hard as everyone else but for some reason this team developed that kind of that name because maybe of Gerlach Nan and because they went from being nowhere to All-Ireland champions Yeah I suppose I mean I think to come to level every team is competitive and brings fierce passion to play but yeah I suppose there was just something a bit more intense maybe about the Clare side um, they, they, you know, they were nice and vocal they were always talking to each other um, and at times, you know, always challenging each other, um, and they were a difficult team to come up against. Um, like they mixed great skill with great physicality and strength. Um, like you had a really classy centre back in the likes of um, Johnny McMahon, maybe Liam Doyle on the other wing, and then a brilliant leader, I suppose, Natalie Daly, a brilliant hurler in his own right as well, but a fabulous leader, always encouraging the players around him. And at times, we even felt was even sacrificing his own game for others. Um, a great long-range taker of, of, of scores and everything. So, 
like all around the field, they had a mix. Every line had a leader on the line. Um, and in some teams, you kind of might have, you know, maybe a, a cornerback who was a good player, but maybe depending or hoping that his fullback will show leadership. But you know, I think every player that started for that player's side was a leader in their own right. Um, and they brought him intentionally to play. That was, yeah, you're probably right. That was maybe a couple of percent higher than, than other teams. And Shawnee, they talked to each other on the field of play. Did they, uh, did they talk to you and the opposition on the field of play? Yeah, they did, of course. But, um, like, nothing malicious. Um, nothing, you know, not aggressive. I, wouldn't, I don't know if aggressive is the right word. But, you know, I mean, they'd, they'd be rising, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. Um, I had fierce battles at that time with, with Anthony Daly. And um, he was a great player. And I actually revel in, in those games. I enjoyed the battle. I enjoyed the hurling battle. And I enjoyed the vocal battle as well. He was well able. <laughs> I suppose I was able to get back to him. <laughs> but it was all good humour, though, Shane. I yeah. never say a bad word about him or about that side because, like, definitely, even when me make my debut in 97, I just remember going into the game thinking, you know, what a team to play. Like, of all the teams that were there at the time, you know, they, they, they had won in 95. They were very unlucky, apart from Ciarán Carey, maybe in 96. And in 97, they did go on and win in All-Ireland. So, for us as a team going in, and for me personally, like it was, a, it was a major. It was like playing the Kilkenny of of the noughties, you know. Yeah. Um, but they were great back, and I loved them. I'm surprised actually that any hurling was done, considering the amount of talk yourself and Dalo probably did on the pitch and off the pitch and everything. Shane Stapleton is with me, Shane. Shawnee, how are you doing? Um, Hi, Shane. Good buying yourself. Good flying it. So I'm just thinking there. Um, this Clare team, a lot of them have won in All Ireland before, but none of them have played in a Monster final, and there's probably. I think 12 of the team that won Munster uh, when you were involved in 2014 from Cork are still involved, or, or that played that day are still involved. But um, there are a lot of young lads, three 19-year-olds and a 20-year-old that haven't played before. What's that first Munster final like? And this is going to be a sellout too. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, Shane. And that's why even earlier, was uh, one that I made at the point that I think there's big pressure on Clare. I think there's actually a little bit more pressure on Clare because of that. And I think because of the fact that they haven't won a Munster title since 1998, it's gone on nearly 20 years. Um, and, you know, you can say that it's just another game, but I think it's a bit more than that. Um, in actual fact, I think it almost rivals um, an All-Ireland final for fellas down here. Um, and, you know, you know yourself, Shane, like, it's just such an occasion um, for family and everything. I mean, everyone in Munster was rare on the diet of trying to win a Munster medal. And while, you know, I suppose maybe because of tips dominance, the... Um, you know, the, the kind of fervour and the kind of intensity maybe had, not the intensity, but the whole excitement had gone out of it a little bit. I think it's back this year. I think the most of championship games have been brilliant. Okay, Clare and Limerick wasn't a great game, but I definitely think Cork's two games against Tipperary and, and against Waterford were exciting and classy and, you know, they were they were in the melting pot in the, up to the later stages of the game. So I think Cork have a bit of experience from those two games. They have the experience from playing, you know, most of the final in 2013, the most of the final in 2014. They've contested a couple of league finals in 12 and, 14, and 15. And while, yes, Clare are more All-Ireland champions in 13, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a valid point. I think there's going to be a bit of pressure on them. But, like, as a player, then, you know yourself, it's how you step up and manage that pressure and how you manage the expectation. But from a pressure perspective, I think there's a little bit more on Clare than there is on Cork. Because mm, your Cork team, they were looking really good in 2014. Did that um, that bad defeat to Tipperary in the All-Ireland semi-final, I think it was 218 to 111, that, that, does that kind of go a long way to explaining what happened in 15 and 16, that confidence was driven back so much that it's, it's taken the team a long time to recover while also getting in a few extra new players? Um, I think so. You might, like, yeah, fellas out there might be surprised at that. And think, yeah, from one defeat, like, game. Yeah, and, and, and as surprising as it may sound, I think it's I think it's true, Shane. I really do. I mean, we were involved. I, I think the manner of the defeat that day was just so, you know, um, surprising and just flabbergasted. We just couldn't believe where it came from. We'd won a great Munster campaign. 
we trained so well going up to that game, so much so that even in some training sessions, we actually pulled it up early because the sessions were going so well. We had no injury going into it. We woke up the morning of the game. You know, yourself when you're up in Dublin, there might be a fun to pick up an ailment, a tummy bug. No, we went to mass <laughs> and heading to the bus in the game, we actually even said to ourselves, something's going to go wrong here. <laughs> you know, and then obviously did it after. But I think in 15, when we came back, yeah, we just felt that the thing was maybe, and maybe as a management group, maybe we should have changed. We just felt it was a little bit stale. We had a couple of great wins. We had a great win against Dublin in the league semi-final. We had a great win against Clare in the championship. But just we were struggling all year. And then Cairn picked up a team that maybe was a little bit low on confidence. He was taken over from an iconic figure in Jimmy, which was going to be challenging anyway. But in fairness to him, like he used, I think he used last year as a benchmark to kind of see where he was, see where players were mentally. He brought Gary Keegan in to help him. He changed around the coaching. He got John Myler involved. And all of those additions and subtractions, whatever changes he made, have just been... Brilliant, really. I think he deserves great credit. The players obviously deserve all the credit, but I think Kieran, his management style and what he's done throughout the winter and, and, and into the spring has given him the launch pad to drive on for the summer. And I think Kieran deserves fierce credit for where Cock are. Mm. So if that 2014 game kind of marked a real setback then the, against Tipperary, and the puckouts really stood out that day with Darren Gleeson because he more or less won an All-Star with the way that Don Logue was celebrating him afterwards. Whereas in 2017, this year, Cork's comeback was also marked out by puckouts as well against Tipperary through Anthony Nash. And Don Logue is going to be in the clear corner trying to counteract that. Do you think... Don Logue is going to be able to help set the team up because he'll obviously know Anthony Nash very well and because Tip and Watford really suffered with Nash's puckouts. Yeah, I mean, definitely Anthony's return to form has been um, an integral part of where Cork are. Um, Cork, yeah, he's, he's been brilliant for us for the last couple of years. Fellas might argue maybe that things dipped a little bit last year, but I think the team as a whole had dipped. Um, but I'm not sure about that, Shane. Like, like having been involved in, you know, being involved in teams yourself and everything, like, the statisticians that go to games now and are part of the backroom team, like they have so much information that they could nearly tell, uh, tell you what a fella had for his dinner, even from the opposition <laughs> side. Let alone how many, how good he is in puckouts, how much of turnovers and possessions lost and everything. Are like, I'm not sure if it's an added value that Don Logue brings from that perspective. He obviously brings his own value in that he's an excellent coach, has a great and is an astute um, tactician himself and watches the game closely. He was a great pundit and was a great player. So he brings loads and loads of different qualities. I'm not sure if he brings that X factor when it comes to Cork and Anthony Nash and knowing the players more intimately maybe than, say, Jory or Donald Maloney. Say. I just think that the statistics now are so strong because we had it as well. Like When we were involved, we, like, we knew everything about Darren Gleeson. We knew everything about Owen Kelly. We knew everything about Tommy Walsh from Kilkenny. We know everything about a player. You know, his weak side, his bad side, his good side, is what he's like in the air. I'm not sure if that gives an X factor with Don Logue. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, like, curtailing, obviously, the way Clare curtail him, is going to be integral as well because, like Anthony, will, geez, I mean, the movement from our half forward, I know particularly Conor Lehan, it's such that if Conor makes a move, Anthony's able to find him. So, you know, obviously their half-backs need to be on the game and the midfielders need to be supporting. But I'm not sure if, if Don Loke himself will bring any added value there because just the stats guys are so good now, like they have so much information. And Shawnee, what I like about this Cork team is much like in 99 when ye some would say burst onto the scene, but obviously hard work had gone in in the couple of years before. You kind of did it with your own style and a core confidence. Like everyone yep. else was trying to be clear and trying to be super fit, but you did it the Cork way. And this team are doing it the Cork way. And you look at Shane Kingston and Conor Lehan, Seamus Harnady, Alan Canigan, Patrick Horgan, okay, he's a few years older than those lads, but you, like it, there's a real brand to this team. Definitely, O'Shane. I mean, the, the hallmark of Jimmy's teams um, back in the 90s into the early 90s was 
He very rarely spoke about the opposition and he created great confidence within the camp and made you feel brilliant and you know, made you feel honoured and proud to wear a cock jersey. No, I'm not sure exactly what Kieran's approach is, but I would imagine it's not too dissimilar. Like at times in the Waterford game in particular, like I noticed that Damien Callan was one on one with Mara Shanahan with very little support in front of him. And I think that could be part of Kieran's um, approach this year. I think he's put the onus back on the players. At the end of the day, let you cross the white line. I mean, if you notice before the games, the management come out first and there's a delay and the team, I'd imagine, are inside for 30 seconds or a minute and they're lifting the roof off and they're, you know, they're riling themselves up. So, yeah, I think the approach, and that itself then brings a sort of um, a confidence, cockiness to play. I think that's why the crowd are behind this cock team so much because the new players are typically what, you know, the cock punter like, you know, fast, mobile, very skillful, particularly the forwards were able to score. A fellow like Mark Coleman that brings unbelievable dash. Um, and his hurling ability then allows him to create great, you know, puts great balls into the forward line so the space has been created and Alan Cadigan makes a run. Nine times out of ten, Mark Coleman's going to find him. So, yeah, I, I think your point is certainly that they actually seem to have a real typical kind of cock style about them, which is why the crowd have got behind them and hopefully be much the same on Sunday. <laughs> and as The Rock said to me after the game against Waterford, or maybe it was tip, either way, the point stands. He said, we just let our hurlers hurl. Yeah, and, and again, that's maybe what Kieran learned from last year. And, and you know, Sully is right. I mean, I think last year they might have come in and tried to maybe make the players something they weren't and tried to introduce a type of aggression that's maybe a little bit alien to us down here. I think this year they maybe slackened off a little bit in that regard, continued obviously with really good strength and conditioning stuff, but allowed the players to play to their best um, characteristics or traits, which obviously are skill. And I think every player from number one right up to 15 is able to hold his own, you know, is able to go to the ball at pace, is able to hook and block and is able to get his scores. And like that's that's very refreshing to see because I think some of the games that have happened over the last couple of years, because of the tactical side of the game, they've become a bit stagnated and a bit slow and pedestrian like. Whereas what I like particularly about the Cork team is that they move the ball at pace and when they're on the ball they go at pace, Connerly hands, electrifying down the wing, and they're all able to finish. So yeah, Sully's point is bang on. I mean there's a there's, there's a kind of a an approach of let them off and let them hurl. Sean, I'd uh, be curious to ask you about your club mate, uh, Patrick Horgan. His form seemed to drop during the league, certainly, and uh, his freeze against Dublin, he hit, he hit some strange ones very badly wide, and he was off the freeze against Tipperary. Conor Lahan took over for that game, but he was back on the freeze again. And just when, he, when he, he got picked up four or five scores from play against Tipperary, he's back on the freeze, and he looks like he's back on form again. What do you think kind of happened with him? Uh, do you think he suffered a bit of a, a dip in form, and, and he's back now, or...? Or what happened with him? Yeah, probably just a dip in form. But like, I suppose if you if you get to know the chap, I mean, you should, I suppose everyone that knows Patrick would say that cold winter and spring nights don't really suit him. And that yeah. night against Dublin, I was at it myself. It was a bitterly cold night. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's not maybe the right thing to say, and it's maybe not a great advertisement for the game. But I mean, Patrick is made for summer hurling. He's made for the top of the ground stuff, where the ground is hard and it's moving at pace. Um, and forever, like every player, Shane, it goes through that. Like even the great players, I mean, at times, you know, even Sheffield probably would put his hand up and say that he's had bad games. Again, going back to Jimmy, I've been in dressing rooms where he has said after bad games, lads, I had bad games myself. I think every great player has them. But I think there's more positives and more great performances in, in Patrick Locker than poor performances. Um, I mean, again, his record is exceptional. If he gets four or five more points, I think, on Sunday, he passes out Christy Ring and goes above the 300-point mark, which is an incredible achievement. And he's got a similar kind of accolade when it comes to club stuff. His scoring rate is phenomenal. I mean, he's got four from play against Tip, two from play against Waterford. That's an average of three so far, 
with freeze thrown in. So he's that kind of a player. He averages three or four more points from play and then five or six frees. I mean, that's giving you nine or ten from one player. So it's an exceptional return. Um, and yeah, maybe at times his form does dip it. Definitely this year. He's just, as I said earlier, he's one of those players, I think, that has looked in the mirror at the start of the year. Kieran has said to him, Patrick, we expect so much from you. You're a leader for our team. For our team. I, I referenced Claire earlier and all the leaders they had in their team. Patrick's in that bracket for us. He has to show leadership. He has to get scores. Um, and if we get that from Sunday, it'll go a long way. He's been exceptional so far this year, and as I said, I hope it continues now for the season to go. Shawnee, not to remind you of a bad day, but you know all about Tony Kelly from seeing him in that Munster Club final. He ripped Glen Rovers apart for Ballier. Yeah. He wasn't great against Limerick the last day, but they do have players who can pick up the slack. Podge Collins, Shane O'Donnell, for example. He was on fire. So, like, looking at it from a Cork point of view, they actually might not have been able to take a whole pile out of the Clare-Limerick game because Limerick weren't great. Clare didn't have to be that much better than them. So, like, how do you plan to take on players like that? Um, I suppose you plan based on history and based on the records. Like, Cork will be under no illusions um, about Tony Kelly and what he can do, what he's done at club and in the county level. This is a fellow that broke on the scene in one year, hurler and hurler of the year in the one year. I mean, that's a different level. That's a different bracket. So, Cork are under no illusions that far might have dipped, but this fellow is just an exceptional talent. So, they'll be prepared for him and then you mentioned other fellas like Podge, Shane O'Donnell and, and, and Conor McGrath. I suppose it, it, what's key, Oshin, is not necessarily the game plan, but the, the matchups. I mean, the matchups are huge. Like, if you have a fella that'll, you know, go toe-to-toe and, and, and take a on, you know, without any fear. So, like, say, a Spillane might pick up Conor, Conor McGrath, maybe Mackie will pick up Podge Collins, just to say, I don't know if that's going to be the makeup. But I think here is going to say to those guys, you have a job to do, lads, um, you know, and you, you, you just don't let up until the 70th minute. I go back to Brian Murphy in our time. Like, what a defender, like, you know, and he, he used to even say to us before the game, you know, I have a job and I'm just going to focus on that job. But I think Kieran's going to try and instill that in the, in the defenders that, you know, if you're marking one of their marquee players, you know, it just, just doesn't matter. Concentrate your own game, focus on what you're good at. But I think that will go right across the field as well, Oshin. I mean, what Kieran has done this year has he's instilled a ferocious work rate in the forward line as well, which is why Patrick's farm maybe is so good and maybe his work rate at times had dipped in the past. Every single one of them, Lehan, Harnady, Cadigan, you know, Bill Cooper, yeah. Shane Kingston, like Luke Mead, their work rate is phenomenal. They, they don't let up. Their fitness levels are extremely high. So I suppose that's maybe how you, how you kind of curtail it. You know, you have incredible intensity. They're prepared well. Trust in your hurling ability and trust in your fitness. And then pray maybe that you get Kelly or someone in an off day again. Shawnee, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, always great to have you on Off The Ball. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, just before I let you go, I guess... You'd never held a grudge against the county of Clare since you married a Clare woman. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I shouldn't have bought a Clare and a cock flag outside my house at the moment. But. Oh, interesting times, interesting times. Uh, Shawnee, thank you very much. Okay, Thanks, Thanks Shawnee. Yeah, so the, the matchups are going to be very interesting in this game. Um, I'd be interested to see who pitch, picks up Podge Collins because Mark Ellis has been centre-back for Cork and they've had a really impressive half-back line with Christopher Joyce and Mark Coleman either side of him. So does Christopher Joyce allow himself to be pulled around by Podge who's going to walk go out to midfield, he's going to wander or does he just hope that the numbers and Cork have started filling the middle with their wing forwards and their half forward line actually mainly the wing forwards and allow mm. Lahan to be isolated in space in front of his full forward line as much as possible but it's just going to be so interesting to see who picks up Podge Collins if anybody at all or are they just going to say you know problem shared uh, in this situation 
probably problems shared. I think they, mm. it's interesting what Shawnee was saying there that they actually have the confidence to go one on one. They have the confidence to leave Cahalan on Maurice Shanahan. Now Shanahan, his goal from a Cork point of view defensively, I'm sure, was very disappointing. It was a bit of a fluke. Yeah. Now let's be yeah. honest. You know, it, it touched off a player who came back to him and he had an open goal. Then I yeah, mean, but he had a good run. He had a straight run at it. I mean, you're a defender, did, yeah. so what would you think if a defender had that big a run at it, regardless of how lucky the breaks he got yeah. were yeah look I mean the thing you always hear from managers is you can let the ball through you can let the man through but you can't let the man and the ball through yeah. so that would be the, the problem there you know it, it, there was a bit of fortune to that goal and Cork were the ones who had guilt edge chances and Stephen O'Keefe made a couple of yeah, excellent he put saves. a deposit down for an all-star that day didn't he O'Keefe he, he did of course yeah yeah and like he is an excellent keeper of course we should add um I'd be interested to see if Damien Cahillan versus Shane O'Donnell is a matchup, because in isolation, I and ball in front of Shane O'Donnell, if he turns and runs at Damien Cahillan, you know, Morris Shanahan was a good matchup yeah. for him because in terms of pace, Morris has a lot of other qualities, but pace he doesn't have that burst like Shane O'Donnell does. Yeah, yeah, and I, th- I think that's the opportunity for Claire here. Can they pick? mismatches where does Damien Cahillan not want to be he probably doesn't want to be in a two man full back line yeah. with lots of space I, around if you're Cork fight. is it easy to plan against Clare because they don't have ball winners up front I'm going to bar John Conlon yeah exactly but that's only one right mm-hmm. so and he might actually be more drawn out the field to the middle third yeah well if I was I, I'd be putting him over on mm-hmm. Mark Coleman at the start anyway just yeah. to see can he sort of and do you rain a few high balls in early on well maybe you'd try to there yeah. now at the same time we saw Mark Coleman took a massive dunt in the Waterford game from yeah. possibly Austin Gleeson I'm not 100% sure who it was but he just bounced off him yeah. so it, it mightn't phase him at all but you at least test out and see yeah. right is our big bully forward going to give him because trouble? if you're clear and your plan is to put Conlon around the, the edge somewhere put him on the wings mm. and make him win ball and give it to runners coming off and that doesn't quite work which it sounds to me like you think it might not because Coleman would have enough for him No, what I, do you do then? No I'm saying you at least experiment the yeah. first 10 minutes okay. but you don't make this, it like your game plan yeah. this is what we do lads No it's the first Munster final for yeah. both of them but obviously Conlon's played in all Ireland finals in senior level so yeah. it shouldn't take a, take a funk out of him but I'd at least try it for 10 minutes if it doesn't work that's fine because it mightn't work. And with hurling, it's all a case of let's see what happens because yeah. as Cody tells us every day, it's all on today. Take but, on but, a life But with Claire, and I know you've mentioned John Conlon as a ball winner, are they still very much the short game, move it fast, move it around? And if that doesn't work, then they might be in a spot of bother. Well, what I saw a lot during the league and in particular yeah. the Kilkenny game when they, when they, when they smashed Kilkenny 219 to 12 points yeah. is coming out of the half-back line where Davy Fitzgerald has been really impressive this year and Conor Cleary when he has a bit of space, hits a nice ball into the forward line. What they'll do is, they'll have two men inside with one man floating in front of them and they'll hit crossfield ball in front mm. of the corners. And if Shanahan's on the inside line, he can win high ball as well. So that's what they might try and do. And that's going to be interesting. Like, Shane Amori's got unbelievable pace at cornerback, assuming he starts. Yeah. But if you put a high ball between him and Shanahan, is he going to be in a little bit of trouble? So that's, that's what it's all about for Clare, trying to find those mismatches. And then yeah. at the other end, this is the first championship year where Clare don't have a sweeper. First time in a long time. Ah, now, see, this is the thing. Wexford, at the start, everyone was saying it was a sweeper. And then the narrative changed. Well, actually, no, Sean Murphy is a deep-lying attacker or a link uh, man. Yeah, look... He so do Clare have a link man or a deep lying attacker? <laughs> well, they've, they've neither now. Yeah. Because okay. Yeah, they're yeah. Gone. And what I saw early in the league was that Keen Dillon was fullback, and he was sweeper for the previous few years. Yeah. And because he didn't have cover in front of him, and he had to mark his man, at times pacey guys were put in on him, 
and he was turned and he was in a bit of trouble. Now, he's still a very good defender, don't get me wrong. So I'm not putting it all on him. And when you don't get protected in the full back line, you're... And it's hard to get used to as well. Jackie Tyrrell wrote that article a couple of weeks ago in the Irish Times about that. He said, look, when you're used to having a sweeper in front of you and then all of a sudden you're one-on-one, it can be very difficult. And I'm not even sure if he was referring specifically to Key and Dillon, mm. but he would have been a victim of just being in the league at times overrun and a little bit exposed which yeah. is only natural because I remember one game he lost his hurley four times that was against uh, Dublin, Dublin was it yeah yeah, yeah Ryan four Adore. times and that just shows you someone who's under awful pressure that's what happens you're tired yeah. and, and Everton starts going and, against and, you and it, it's kind of a bit like goalkeeper it's, it's one of those positions where you will look very exposed in other positions it doesn't look as bad but mm. full back there's no hiding. Yeah, and depending and he's, on... But he's moved around, hasn't he? Yeah, but uh, yeah. He's, he was in the corner the last day, yeah. Keane Dillon, but, and David McInerney was full-back. So yeah. the thing for Clare as well is that half-back line, let, let's say, we're not sure who's going to start, but let's yeah. say David McInerney and Conor Cleary are two of the, of the three in the half-back line. They're really rangy players. They're, they're good hurlers. But if you get in behind them, yeah. if you're, uh, if you're um, like some of that pacey cork half-forward line, like Lahan or Luke Mead, and you get the ball on the front foot running at them, you're going through. And that defence could be turned. And if you get through on that full-back line, and you know there's a 2-1-1 and one in Lahan who yeah. in the past doesn't really pass the ball, but m- maybe he will now. There, there's someone like Harnady running through. There's, you know, Alan Cadigan. The goal chances yeah. should be there for Cork. They've become better decision-makers as individuals, Cork. Cork, yeah, they're still like they they do play the ball lovely in front of that full forward line, but you know, I mean, over the last couple of years, goals have been an issue, but at least they were creating chances against Waterford. I'd love to sit down and have a chat with Gary Keegan and see what he has done for Cork. And Shawnee mentioned him there, so he's obviously a big part of this year's revival. And he was the guy, just to remind people, who did great work with the boxers when. I was going to say when Ireland started getting good we were always good but when this generation started to get good he did some major work and mm. he and Billy Walsh combined but sure, isn't this one of these kind of recurring sort of themes all of a sudden the team goes well and you look who's in the background like the in 2013 didn't Cork have uh, Dave Matthews was the name of the guy who yeah. was doing background work with their you know fitness in terms of their and, uh, fitness and you know he was the man. And then all of a sudden in 2014, they flop against Tip in the semi-final and we haven't really heard about it since. That's not to do down Dave Matthews, obviously. Yep. But it's just the point that, you know, Gary Ryan, the former uh, Olympic runner from Nina, yes. was involved with Tip. Then we're all about him. It's just the way it goes. And yep. I mean, I'm sure great work is being done with Gary Keegan, but great work being these done. Things, there's great work going on there's down there. They're under no illusions. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. If they're even 1% off. Do you know what? <laughs> this, I expect this game to be a massive battle. Ah, look, Only a hop t- of the ball between two teams. Sure, look, as Colin Galvin said uh, in the paper during <laughs> the week, it. we're not going down there to make up the numbers. <laughs> you know? They're under no illusions. Everyone I assume he's not taking his place in the team for granted, sure. No. Oh, no it's just as good in the squad who could take the jersey. Look, he's only minding the jersey and if he can put it in a better place for the next lad, isn't yeah. that the main thing? Do you know what? I, I understand the Clare lads have huge respect for the Cork lads. Oh, yeah. Massive respect. Oh, yeah, yeah. Serious respect. Actually, they were in college with a lot of them. They'd know them. They're sound fellas too. Yeah. I don't, like, <laughs> but look, on the pitch, on you know, you go to battle afterwards, you shake hands and... Sure, isn't that the beauty of the GA? That's it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of close neighbours, Waterford taking on Kilkenny on Saturday evening in Thurles. Will we start with that or will we start with the first game, Tip and Dublin, which is off at five? Yeah, I suppose um, Waterford-Kilkenny is the interesting one. Let's let's be honest. I, I think Tip and Dublin could be interesting, but I'll allow, allow you to indulge in Waterford right, and Kilkenny. Right, OK. So I would see a big part of this game as being Barry Coughlin versus Colin Fenley yeah. will that happen again Colin Fenley was excellent against Wexford and he was the pretty much the main reason he was that Kilkenny were in the conversation yeah. at all 
because uh, he, he won two penalties and he scored the other goal. And won just a mountain of ball as well. He did, yeah. And that's and what he does. He's always been just a battler. Yeah, and there was a couple of yellow cards to Wexford for fouls on him as well. Mm. Um, so, will Tyke de Burka operate as a sweeper? Now, he was a sweeper against Offaly when they, they hammered them last week, but partly down to the fact that Offaly play with two sweepers these days anyway. Yeah. And do you know what? The, just a little side note on Offaly. Last year they lost to Galway by 10 points, playing 15 on 15. They lost by, was it 16 points? It was one. It was 33 points to 114. Something, or 111 actually, so it was probably 19 points. Someone will correct me. Um, so is playing with two sweepers is that actually just killing yourself yeah. but anyway Kevin Ryan might play with the two sweepers because when he was in charge of Antrim he was also in charge of their under 21s and remember they beat Wexford yeah. shocked the hurling world in a semi-final they basically played two sweepers in that game and hung on in so maybe he's kind of stuck with it since against bigger teams and yeah. in the hope that you can pull off a result yeah he's but, probably yeah. seeing now that it isn't yeah. and he's actually going on about players that you know they're not even bothering talking out for the county exactly. well, the yeah point. just before we go off awfully their problems are not his fault. I would never blame him for their year this year. Well, look, your fellow Waterford man, you're never going to blame. Well, uh, but just just back to the whole sweeper thing. Yeah. Can you win in all Ireland with a sweeper? Can you see this Waterford team, your county, your county? Did Clare not do it? They didn't play with a sweeper in the final. But they got to in all Ireland by using a sweeper for a large part mm. of the year. You well, they didn't be typical. Like. Didn't be typical Kenny that year, yeah, which of course is for people to hear. Yeah. But but you know it, it is a fact as well. Yeah. They've not, they've you will Lager. not beat a top level team in a high level game in hurling with a very defensive system is the way I'd put it yeah could you see this Galway team like the tip of last year the Kilkenny of previous years the uh, Galway of this year could you see them being beaten with a sweeper and particularly Watford because they don't have five or six guys with pace in the forward line or five or six guys with unbelievable yeah, and missing Tom Devine so we're missing a ball winner as well Well, no, I, I don't a, think that's a ball actually, winner but somebody who has never been ultimately proven in championship either so I mean you're bemoaning his loss but at the same time we Shane, haven't it's seen such, him score it's a huge deal and it's been totally underplayed and no one is talking mm. about this mm. no one is talking about this Tom Devine is an incalculable loss but look the sweeper yeah. thing Watford do they have goals in them one goal against Offaly which you can sort of understand because of the double yep. sweepers 13 in the previous 14 championship games under Derek McGrath yeah do they have the goals to come through? Do they, if you can start they win Patrick this game? Curran, you do. Yeah, they can win this game. Now, 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 asterisks over that. There's a lot of people talking very confidently about Waterford. I, I think they can win this game, but I'm I'm as nervous as I always am when, and I'll use the term we because I'm talking about it in the context of being a Waterford man mm. when we play Kilkenny. And Kilkenny, that win against Limerick will actually bring them on just to win that game without playing particularly well. So win like, this game. Yeah, this game. like Two Kevin Kelly. Teams. Kevin Kelly will likely come in. He'll get yeah, goals. Chris, Chris Bulger might get another chance. He'll eventually start taking those chances. He's a relatively young man. Michael Fenley. Okay, it's two games in a week for a guy who hasn't played all year for the county. He played a couple of club games, but apparently hadn't done a whole pile of training. Mm. But it's Michael Fenley, so he will be okay. You'll get at the very least. 60 good hard minutes out of him Michael Fenley hates Waterford okay he doesn't hate Waterford what I mean is he always plays well against us so there's a lot to fear about Kilkenny still here's the point I'd make about Michael Fenley last year in the in the semi-final the drawn semi-final which Waterford should have won there were three points up going into garbage time and Austin Gleeson missed a a free score from 45 we sat back yeah so Michael Fenley played that game he was pretty much, he was very quiet in that game. Yeah. A week later, you played the replay inside in the good field in Turles, Yeah. And he dominated the game. So we thought, how's his body going to hold up? Six days or seven days later, he dominated the game. Yeah. But the downside is his uh, 
his Achilles went. Yep. So he might end up playing brilliant, like he was brilliant against Limerick. Yeah. He didn't actually move around the field all that much. Uh, he just got the ball and yeah. did the right thing, but let it on. He but was a massive loss against Wexford. You could, uh, you oh, could actually yeah. see. And he, and if if he makes it through this game and plays well, there's a very good chance of Watford uh, being knocked out of the championship. Look at the spine of this Kilkenny team. Owen Murphy, best goalkeeper in the game, I would Savage. say. Pork uh, Walsh fullback, Killian Buckley, looked excellent centre-back. Yeah. Michael Fenley, TJ Reid still running the half-forward yeah. line. Colin Fenley full forward. And I'm not even mentioning Richie Hogan just yet because he's potentially the best player in the country, yeah. but he's just massively out of form. So if they all click, yeah. you know, Watford won't win this game. I'd have to agree. But, well, if they click... And our guys, our top guys, don't click. Like, if Austin Gleeson doesn't use the ball well, it's a lot of pressure on Ozzy, but, like, he is that good. Ozzie. That's why you concentrate on guys like that. Like, if Kevin Moran doesn't break tackles and take scores, and, like, Cork just surrounded Waterford lads the last time, any time they got the ball, and you just couldn't offload. Mm. So you couldn't go short. And then, of course, we hadn't gone with the kind of aerial bombs. We don't have... We didn't have the ball winners that day, except for Morris. Yeah. But I think Patrick Curran could win <clears> ball. I think DJ Foran could win ball now DJ and Patrick wouldn't have a whole pile of intercounty experience mm. DJ Lesser I think he made his starting debut against Galway in the league he was savage is he against is a full Galway team DJ yeah I think he's Dublin oh is he okay. yeah yeah, I, think yeah. He, I think he I think he and Patrick are in teacher Patrick is definitely training to be a teacher I think DJ might be as well but oh, he, okay. he goes to college in Dublin that I do know well did I tell you one thing um, Killian Buckley was wing back all of last year in the last couple of years and after American Michael Brick Walsh in the two semi-finals last year and the first league game this year, mm. his position has been changed since because he had no joy whatsoever on Brick. Brick yeah. kept breaking the ball off him, winning it and giving it on to people. If I was Derek McGrath, and of course, like, who am I to second-guess an inter-county manager, yeah. but if I was him, I'd be looking at that matchup and thinking, Killing Buckley's back in the half-back line, albeit at number six, I'm going to put Brick in on him and tell him to spoil him again. Now, it's very different being wing-back to centre-back because you have more of a licence to roam and maybe Brick wouldn't be able to keep with him in that sense. But under the high ball, and we saw Killian Buckley snapping a few from the clouds, yeah. that's an opportunity. Put Austin Gleeson wing forward and yeah. tell him, win that position. It's and a, don't, don't mind about anything else, win that position. Yeah. It's a funny one to plan if you're Derek McGrath because you could move Conor Fogarty to midfield. You might have Michael Fenley starting and if he does, does he get up and down the pitch? Can he get up and down the pitch? You could have Killian Buckley in midfield as a ball user, but then you could have him in the back, half back line, kind of spreading ball around. It's it's a it's it's a hard one. Mm. A hard so one. who are you going to go with, Waterford? Oh, don't make me. Yeah, yeah. look, look, I, Shane, I've like... never backed against Waterford in a championship game. I'm not going to start well, now. <laughs> it's been a lot of disappointment, a lot of uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. a lot of I've lost a lot of money in my time. Yeah, do you ever look, ask yourself why I do not even have an online gambling account? <laughs> That's why I would be broke. Yeah, look, if. If Kilkenny play anywhere to their potential, they will win the game. If they played like they did last Saturday, they I, I will disagree. Not. I think if the two of them play to their potential, it's a very tough one to call. It's only a hop of the ball between them. Ah, look, they'll yeah. be under no Waterford illusions. Di- like this is the thing against Cork. Waterford didn't play to their potential, and now they've had a game under their belt. It's yeah. a nice turnaround. They've got a bit of momentum which they didn't have going into the Cork game. They've blown the cobwebs off. The expectation is not quite there. Um, so it is Waterford's time, like uh, so. It is, yeah. I'm kind of erring towards Kilkenny based on. Yeah, I'm going to go they, with Waterford. Yeah, they won the they tougher w- match yeah. last weekend. They've got Michael Fenley back, yeah. and I think it's just kind of years of, you know, that that kind of foreboding Kilkennyness they, that you're yeah, like. They, they ah, do have Michael do Fenley back, but they've given players a second chance in the championship this year. And can you imagine 
after some of the performances we saw from some Kilkenny players could you imagine those players getting a second champ- chance in years gone by not no, a chance sure. because they would have had other fellas just as good to take the jersey yeah, in 2009 and yeah. 10 they were bringing TJ Reid and, yeah. and Richie Hogan off the bench who went on to be hurlers of the year so yeah. they don't have that anymore I, I found an All-Ireland programme from 2007 actually at home the other week and Michael Fenley was number 23 or 24 in the squad mm. and there we go right a very quick word on Tip and Dublin yeah Tip and Dublin yeah it's um, I thought it was interesting what Owen Kelly said he, he kind of suggests that maybe Callanan could be dropped you know we, we know he scored 16 goals in the past three seasons but he, he hasn't really flown this year and I'd even suggest up until the All-Ireland final last year he didn't actually have a great season for Tip in 2016 and he ended up being nominated for Hurler of the Year but very, very quiet in a lot of those games earlier. He he missed, I think, 11 scoring chances against Limerick in 2016, mm. Monster. Anyway, that's we've kind of moved on along since then. But he did say he wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Callan being dropped. He wouldn't do it himself, but he reckons that Michael Ryan has to get under their skin and just say, lads, it's over to you now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy to say Tip will go through the back door like they did in 2010 and gather steam and all that kind of stuff. And that uh, Liam Sheedy had a bit of a master plan back in 2010 and... You, you know they they flopped a little bit after playing so well in the O nine final and they got it going again. But like it's not as if all of a sudden he just knew what to do because he was trying Paddy Maher at centre forward in challenge matches, and he eventually brought a few young lads through. I, I don't know, like Tip were so so poor against Westmead. Can you just pick it up? Now they'll still be Dublin. Dublin are missing so many players. But can Tip I just put a big performance that? from Dublin? Do you? Yeah. Even though I don't know missing... it would be enough, but I expect a big performance. Yeah, Liam Rush is at centre forward, and we know he's an excellent player, but I don't know if he's like he's a lot. Like I don't know if he's got the burning pace to turn and go at the tip backline. Does he's he more need of a that? Because he's got play. the strength. Yeah, but like Ronan Maher isn't going to be he's any. He's got good runners less. around him. Yeah, I, look, I mean, that's fair enough. There, There is an element to that. And mm. Dublin will probably keep with Tip for 40 minutes. And if Tip play anywhere like they should be playing, eventually they'll pull away. It's a big if, though, from what yeah, we've seen so far. Like the problem with Tip is all the marginal losses from last year. Like we've seen with the goalkeeper, obviously, uh, Darren Gleeson's been dropped now and he's had his off field difficulties. Cahill Barrett's been dropped. I know we've spoken before. Paddy Maher's working nights, walking to beat as a guard. Yeah. Jason Ford with the suspension. Army duty for Bonner. Seamus Callan with the broken thumb. So there's all those marginal losses which have added up. Uh, Keno Callahan said the pressure's on, uh, like my own club mate, said the pressure's on uh, on Tip. No one gives him a chance. The media doesn't. People in Tip give him. But actually, people in Tip are so worried about Tip's performance yeah. that they're actually thinking there's an outside chance. Interesting one with Keno Callahan actually. Uh, Tip played Dublin in a challenge match recently in Limerick and uh, afterwards he found Dan McCormick's driver's license on the ground. So, uh, Dan being from Burris Lee like myself yeah. so uh, Keen asked me for Dan's address and posted him down the the driver's That's license sound, pretty sound yeah and yeah. Uh, you know maybe end up marking each other maybe Dan will be a bit drive it into him on yeah. Saturday lad yeah, yeah. sow it into him right. so yeah tip to win that one surely mm, I don't know not for you big performance in Dublin This is Off The Ball's Friday GA podcast, but of course you don't just have to listen to it on Friday, you can listen to it on days that aren't Friday as well. Time to talk football now, Shane Stapleton still with me, Shane? Yeah, we've got Donica Boyle here of the Irish Independent, and he of course is a club teammate of Tommy Rooney's. Donica Boyle, how are you? How are you Shane, thanks for having me. Do you not have another year in you? No, no, B-League only. I think we are one step away from a Division 
4B or 5B final well Tommy reckons you have another year in you and you're struggling for numbers anyway yeah that's very true but no so Tommy um, is accusing Boiler of letting the team down is that what Tommy's mm, saying that's basically yeah. I'm 33 I'd say I have Shrine 34 16 seasons under my belt at this stage Tony Brown was 47 <laughs> Tony, Tony Brown was 47 and he's still playing inter-county um, yeah but he had some talent yeah <laughs> you have to remember that this you're playing down your own talents there I think young man's game lads absolutely so Mead this weekend um, I presume you being a Mead local you'd expect a handy win in Navin against Donegal uh, 68 points I would say yeah. no it's it's, it's um, um, I, I wasn't in Navin last weekend but anyone who was said that it was pretty uh it's pretty dire stuff Mead played very defensive fell over the line played with a team sort of bereft of confidence so um, I, I, I'd, I'd be amazed if they got one it'd be great for what Andy McIntyre's trying to do if they yeah. manage to get over the line well, but. what is he trying to do because since the championship started they haven't been great they were okay in the league and there were signs of life and there were signs that Andy McIntyre was developing something but I don't think we've really seen that in the championship or am I being unfair I think he, he's He's trying to. He's bringing it from a, a level like you have to remember that this is a lot of people have an impression of Mead football that doesn't exist anymore. You know, there's been one provincial title since 2002. No, there hasn't. Well, check the record books. No, there it's hasn't. in it's in Wikipedia yeah. and it's never wrong. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so you know, Mead, Mead football's come from a low base, haven't been in Division One in a long, long time, um, and that's what he's working off. Yeah. You know, I think what Mead have shown the last few years is probably where they are. I don't think you can make a huge case for them being any better than that. Mm. And then people got excited. You know, a good manager with a famous name um, has come in, and like there's no doubt he'll add things to it hugely. But I don't think anyone can argue that there's you know there has been ten players not lining out for Mead for the last couple of seasons, and that's why they haven't been been at it. This is roughly where they are. Hmm. That seems to be a common team as well. But Andy McEntee, he's uh, he was supposed to bring this fitness and this organisation, and yet they faded really badly and looked to be out on their feet against Kildare. So, you know, what is he? What is he supposed to bring in this year? And and what do you, what are you seeing actually? I think you're seeing the teething problems of a new team and a new management. So I think you can see Mead have been they were pretty good towards the end of the league. They got I think seven of eight points from the last four matches. Um, and then they looked looked apart, bar a few glitches against Loud, and then you just saw them go out and be completely flat against Kildare. And I think when you when you are trying to do something different, which they are, like they are, the idea of what Andy keeps saying is that we're going to pressure the ball out the field. Therefore, the ball going into the full forward line won't be that good, and therefore we'll have a chance of turning it over. The ball going into the Kildare full forward line was excellent. They have some very good operators, and then you're immediately on the back foot, and that's what happened the other day. It's like. Look, it's not going to happen overnight for Mead. He's signed up for three years. Um, I think in three years' time, you look and see where he are. Yeah, because, sorry to cut across to you there, um, Oshin, but even with Keane O'Neill, it's in his second year now, all of a sudden they look like they're hopping off the sod. And, you know, maybe the first year will be for Andy McEntee that he has to just survey what he's got and see what they're like in championship and then it'll change. But they brought in John Coughlin, who's who's done work with uh, athletes in China. So what have you seen from him and, like, even... There was an extended warm-up before the Kildare game and they ended up being panting midway through the game. Yeah, but I, I, I smiled when I saw this. People were saying this on Twitter that the warm-up was too rigorous and it went on too long. Like John Coughlin is a professional in this mm. regard. He used to work in Asia. He trained the first... Wait a second. Are you saying that Twitter opinion isn't professional opinion. And well, people love losing their theory. marbles over stuff. Like yeah. sometimes they love just, blaming one thing. Yeah, and you this need happen to be like if you live thing, in Twitter, yeah. you have to have an explanation for everything. Mm. You can't just be. It can never be the simple thing. It can't be, yeah. be that Mead were poor and Kildare were good. Yeah. 
it had to be something. But John Cochran, going back to him, he has worked in Asia with the... Um, he trained the first sprinter to do sub 10 seconds for 100 metres. So he understands his craft for a start. I'm sure he understands the impact of heat and humidity on players or athletes. So like, people are just looking for something to, to, for a reason as to why Mead was so poor. Like, they, don't know, like, they don't know as much as John Cochran when it comes to that sort of stuff. So you have to take his word for it. Like, he's full-time, he's there for the next three years. I think like, Kildare looked marked, markedly more physical and bigger than Mead. Again, that's another thing that will take time. And the other thing is, Kildare are pulling off successful underage teams. Mead aren't. You know, yeah. 2012, they got to an All-Ireland minor final and they were in the Leinster final the same year, but they didn't win anything under Andy McEntee. Other than that, you know, Mead have been fairly average. They didn't win a game in minor or under 21 this year in the Leinster Championship. Lost to Westmead in minor, lost to Dublin. Uh, or Westmead in under 21, lost to Dublin at minor level. So... That's you know that's that's where you stand. What's the club standard like? Are, are we going to? I think it's gone back. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Like I, I've uh, my club now this year. We're in Division Two. I played football in Division Five with my club, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't thirty three when I was yeah. playing in Division <laughs> Five. So um, yeah, I think it's gone back a good bit. I think it's, um, um, uh, senior football was never strong in terms of winning all Ireland's and Leinster's. Like we've had, Walterstown got to a final. That was about it. Um, Junior and intermediate was reasonably competitive. Junior was always strong and you'd do well. You'd win mm, Leinster Junior yeah. titles and stuff like that. Um, the, so the standard was always quite compact. But I do think it's gone back a little bit. And most people most people in Mead, I think, would tell you the same thing. Donegal. So, I mean, struggling past Longford. And that uh, unbelievably harsh second um, or black card that ended up with a red card for... Because mm. I can't remember the name of the Longford player now off the top of my head. But unbelievably harsh and... Donegal struggled across the line. It could be the case of just that first day blowing out the dirty petrol, but having been so poor against Tyrone as well, surely there's some sort of an opportunity for Mead, even if they were poor the last day. Teams are always vulnerable, I think, coming off the back of a loss against a team. Like Mead, they weren't impressive, but they got over the line. Um, but I think Donegal will have to be, they'll be an awful lot better than, that, mm. than they were that day. Um, I just think that the body of work, if you put Donegal's body of work up for this year against Mead's, I think you can only really call one winner. Now, if it, if Mead won, it would be brilliant. The road could open up for you. All of a sudden, you have something to go on for next year even, um, that you've beaten a Division 1 opposition and, and 2018 takes on a very different uh, takes on a very, very different hue then. But um, I, it's just, I think Donegal, have, again, they're pulling off under-21 teams, minor teams that have gone to big occasions and played in big occasions. Mead aren't, simple and as that. The best players on the field are going to be in Donegal jerseys. Ryan McHugh, Michael Murphy... And it's just very hard to see. Like, e- even if Mead somehow got over this game, it'd probably be a full house in Navin. Yeah, very close to it. Are they yeah. going to pull off a Tipperary 2016? And to be honest, like that seems a bit of an aberration. It's hard to see Tip uh, replicating that uh, this year. But um, even if da- uh, Mead did get through this one, could you see them going much further? <laughs> then after that, that side of the draw, I think, is that's the Munster, Munster side of the draw, isn't it? So you could like, you conceivably have Cork to beat the Munster finalists. Mm. Yeah. So, you know... It, the draw can be quite favourable then after that. Like, you you know, you get a shot at Cork, like Mead or Cork, the Drew in the league, you know, neither of them would be, you couldn't say for certain which way that would go. Um, but you just, I, I just think that Donegal have more better players. I think they're further down the road in what they're trying to do. Um, like, Mead have, Mead have some good players, really. Like, I, I, I would argue the case for Donald Kogan as a cornerback against, uh, I put him in almost any side. Um Graham Riley on his day is very good. 
Um, and then you've loads of other good, solid inter-county players that probably need a bit of time to bed in. But um, no, I look at it, it's just very hard to make a case. Like metre two to one, they're at home. It's very hard to make a case for them for doing it. I'd love it if they did, but don't get me wrong. And we talk about some of the other qualifiers. Tipperary without Michael Quinlevin going to Cavan. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, will they actually throw him in and risk? It? Like, there is some talk around Tipperary that he'd be thrown in, but um, myself and Donica were talking about it beforehand. His ankle went sideways. Yeah, it went to the right ankle. Yeah, yeah that's, it, it, that's eight weeks anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if yeah. it looks so bad, like it looks so bad. Yeah, and then you're asking Connor Sweeney to in the forward line. Like, there are some good players, promising young players there with Tipperary, but in terms of established players who who have put up big scores time and again, mm. like uh, Philip Austin is capable of a few scores, and, and he's not the only one, but. It's a lot of pressure on on uh, Connor Sweeney, and you'd imagine Cavan will have plenty of numbers around him, and in Cavan too. And I know that's where Tip had their famous win against Derry last year, but it's going to it's going to be very hard because Cavan have shown flashes this year. Yeah, you know, it's going to be very hard. And and going back to that game against Derry and Breffney last year, I was at that. Um, the, what got them out in the end was Evan Comfort's kickouts. Yeah were absolutely excellent and he found Michael Quindlevin an awful lot because Quindlevin yeah. came out to midfield and he's one of those few players that are actually as effective at full forward as they are around midfield mm-hmm. like he can he can boss the game from anywhere um, but Comerford would have been my all-star goalkeeper last year he was absolutely I covered a lot of Tipperary games last year yeah. he was absolutely excellent start to finish um, and I think he's almost as big a loss as yeah. Quindlevin is like they couldn't get the ball out against Cork yeah. and Parky Cueve they couldn't get it out past midfield yeah it's surprising, actually, when you consider how many tip fellas are involved in media that Comerford didn't get the All-Star last year. <laughs> we pushed but look, it hard. We did that, push That's it a hard. separate conversation. We will get to Clare and Mayo, but just before we do, uh, Westmead against Armagh and Wexford against Monaghan. The Banty Derby. The Banty Derby. Of course, uh, <laughs> Wexford once beating Monaghan when Banty was in charge in a qualifier. Hmm. Fact that you know day. who told me yeah. that? Banty. Yes. <laughs> he, he, told me on to the pitch. he told me on the pitch after the Wexford-Limerick game, and I'm glad he... Gave me some entertainment because that game was awful. But I've no doubt Wexford will improve for it. It's hard not to make like it's hard to make too much of a case for Wexford. Uh, Colm Keogh might still be out with a hamstring injury. That he he like two of the midfielders for Wexford went off in the first half. One to a black card, Dotty Waters, and Colm Keogh, and basically the bottom fell out of uh, Wexford after that, and, and they were beaten by Carlo. So how you can make a case for Monaghan? losing this game especially after what happened to them last year against Longford and this time they've had a two week break rather than a one week break it's just impossible well, I think to make a case that, well, that's the case I think isn't it they lost, they lost yeah. if they can lose at home to, to, to Longford they can lose away to Wexford yeah. but um, no I, I, like, I think again it comes back to who is more better players um, uh, you just have to go with, with yeah. Monaghan don't you like you know yeah. Conor McManus the obvious one Jack McCarron to Hughes, Hughes yeah. you know the Wileys, Carlo Connell, Carlo Connell, yeah, right. So, but they were, again, they were very off-coloured last day themselves. Mm. So uh, you, you don't know. Maybe that was just a one-off. Maybe they sort of took down for granted a little bit. But um, yeah, no, I think like Monaghan have have on paper they have everything to yeah. get to a, a quarter-final or a semi-final. They're often talked about in those terms, but it's rarely you see them actually back it up once they get out of Ulster. Yeah, well, in, in the league they do now. In fairness, and I know what you want league to say. Is league. league is league. Yeah. That's a fact. But um, the <laughs> do, like, it's been like proven on many occasions that league is league. <laughs> there's not too many teams, even if the league is the league, that would go to yeah. Killarney and beat Kerry and mm. go to Mayo and beat uh, go to Castlebar yeah. and beat Mayo. And I was and at that game. That. They were really convincing that day. Talk to me about Westmead against Armagh, seven o'clock in the evening in T E G Cusack Park. 
it's a it's a hard one to call boiler, isn't it? Well, the bookies have made their mind up on it. I think Armagh are like one to two. Um, uh, Westmead are around seven to four. I was looking at it yesterday for them at home. Now I know they're coming off the back of an yeah. absolute hammer, but they are infinitely better than that. Mm. Um, and they are, but there must be a feeling of Jesus. What are we even doing playing football after that? And that, like that's not an attack on them because that would happen to could possibly happen to twenty teams in the championship. But you must be like the week after that. Yeah. Imagine your preparation. If we're working this hard like, and oh, we're this God. far away from the best. What is the point? Yeah. I mean, is your are you going to be as diligent in the week after a beating like that? You're probably going to like. I mean, this is just myself. I'd imagine I'd go on the beer for three or four days, and you'd be struggling to get your head right. That's just and the Tuesday management. for you, isn't it? And that's just the yeah. Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> so for them, and obviously they're far more professional approach. But my God, I mean, after something like that, it must be hard to pick yourself up. I, mean, I, I suppose it comes down to the what sort of personalities you have in the squad, then, doesn't it? Like you know mm-hmm. that they they can turn around and throw the hat at it after that and say, "Listen, all I want to go and do is play a club," or they can go, "Geez, we've a home game here, win this, let's get back on track and see where it brings us." Let's get knocked out, head off to America for the summer and play a bit of football. Yeah, I, I, has there been club championship in Westmead? So that door might be closed for yeah. a lot of them if they've already played around well, the club the championship. Odd, so the odd lad might take it now. Yeah, um, he might get those weekender weekend pass. Yeah, yeah, although they might be gone now. But. Let's move on to uh, Clare against Mayo in Ennis. This one's live on TV at 5 o'clock on Saturday evening. I was in uh, uh, Castlebar last week to watch Mayo kick something like 18 wides. 17 in normal 17 time, 17 yeah. in normal wides, yeah. Uh, against, uh, and they're up against the Clare side, who had a pretty decent win last weekend. They smashed I, Leach. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Clare, there's an argument for Clare, pound for pound, being the best organised, coached team around. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. they are... Working off like part of a hurling mat to have the west of the county, basically, isn't it? Yeah, west there. area. And they're working off that. Colin Collins has done an excellent job to pull them all together. Um, they lost Podge Collins since last year and they haven't really like they've consolidated Division 2 status. They beat uh, Cork again. They, um, they pushed Kildare hard in the league. Yep. Now, I was down at Clare uh, Kerry and they were, um, they were really good in the first half. Um, now they'll be hugely disappointed because they missed a chance there they missed a real chance yeah. do you um, think so? I thought that they were just physically battered even in the second half yes ah, like even just after 20 minutes like from 20 minutes till half time they had one shot and Kerry just physically dominated them like they are a really good team don't get me wrong but they couldn't get the ball into David Tuberty or Keelan Sexton after 20 minutes yeah um, I know what you're saying but like if you just give them the scenario half time with the wind against 14 men you're thinking right this is a chance and they were ahead yeah 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 so, so. this is a real chance but um yeah i i i, I think they're really they're, i think they're an excellent team and if mayo are like as wasteful as the war in the first half against Derry i think they could be done the only mm. thing is in the extra time mayo showed us loads of fighting them yet um i've a lot of faith in mayo like i yeah. i think they don't lose the teams that you think they should beat they don't lose games you think they should win they yeah. generally they beat everyone essentially apart from Dublin Kerry yeah you'd expect them to have too much for Clare this weekend even without Lee Keegan yeah. and I was told after the game by Stephen Rochford he reckons Lee will be okay but he was carried off the pitch or helped off the pitch mm. so that remains to be seen yeah yeah and and they have Aidan O'Shea back and in, yeah. in full full pomp as well that's like that was the sort of performance why Aidan O'Shea gets talked about so much yeah. like, he can bully inter-county games that only a handful of fellas can he was, uh, he was remarkable I watched it back mm. he was really good can I put a theory to you to you both mm. Mayo given the players that they have have kind of maybe even overachieved to get as close to All-Irelands as they have people say they've underachieved or Mayo have shown a mental weakness or you know they've wasted a chance 
I look at their forward line, and with the, without disrespecting, their forward line isn't as good as the likes of Kerry when they won it, Dublin when they won it, Donegal when they won it. So they've actually done well to do what they have done to get as close as they have. They actually deserve credit, not a kicking. That's a nice way of d- disrespecting a team by, you know, kind of preempting it with not to disrespect. <laughs> yeah, but like every preview of a Mayo team playing a big game is, oh, do they have the forward? So I'm just, you know, I'm using that. Yeah, look, to be fair, they've got unbelievable athletes throughout the team. And that's what most teams have. Maybe they don't have the finishers, and that's probably fair enough. But in terms of like having nine tenths of what you need, they do have it. Yeah. And they, they, they more or less like they did everything required to win in All Ireland. Yeah. It's not like fair enough. Killian O'Connor misses a free to level the game at the last second. That doesn't mean that the whole team failed to get themselves in a position to win or draw a second All Ireland final. And it's not to put it on Killian O'Connor either. It's just one kick didn't go over the bar, but yeah. they were in their position. Like in an American sport. If uh, if a coach leads a team to a Super Bowl and they get into a position where the quarterback is is going to make a passing play and if the receiver catches it, everyone says quarterback unbelievable. If he misses the throw or it's a poor throw or whatever, everyone says that the quarterback, he messed up, but the coach still did a great job. He made the right calls, the right plays, got them in the right condition. Yeah. And Mayo have been there, so you have to credit their managers in the last number of years, even if obviously they booted out Holmes and Keneally. I just, look, I think they they are where they are because they deserve to be. They're, um, look, going back to Killian O'Connor, like everyone everyone forgets that he he kicked the equalising point the first day mm-hmm. and brilliantly, brilliantly he was being man marked by Darren Daly at that stage, and Darren Daly, he was it was seventy six minutes I think on the clock at the time. Darren Daly was not long on the field. He was being chased behind by Ona Gara, who mm-hmm. wasn't long off the field. He got away from them both, made the half a yard that he needed to, and he split the posts so like people talk about you know he missed the one he kicked mm. the one the week before to keep them alive yeah. so you can't you know you can't keep asking them to pull it out of yeah. fire so that's a no to my theory then that Absolutely. they've actually overachieved I, I, okay. I do think the need to take this like, is why we bring Boiler in because we're two hurling men who haven't a clue are you? I'm a massive I've seen you as boat hurl <laughs> <laughs> sorry we're two hurling followers <laughs> see Boiler now is the sort of lad he shows up to these media events for the odd time they get journalists to play a bit of sport and he always sits back and sneers from the sidelines oh I'm injured lads I can't do yeah, it yeah. oh my pot belly um, got in the way that's because that's I had to <laughs> <laughs> that's because I had to uh, I had to go, go and play for my club did you, uh, yeah, I haven't transferred up. <laughs> no, yeah, I went yeah. for the glory. Yeah. I went for the glory. Playing in Crow Park. Yeah. Lads, let's move on to Sunday because I, I I don't want to be exposed for my bad theories anymore. Uh, Galway against Roscommon in Pierce Stadium. These two played last year in the Connacht final, and they drew. And then Galway went on to absolutely batter Roscommon. Things have been shaky for Roscommon since. But here, actually, I'll go for another theory here. This year. They didn't start well, but Kevin McStay probably looked at last year and said, actually, we peaked too soon. And this year kind of held them back. The results didn't come in the league. Fair enough. They beat Cavan. They maybe had one or two other positive performances, but not results. And he's readying them for this time of year, for this tilt. Galway, we know a bit more about them because they had a good win against uh, against Mayo in the semi-final, whereas Roscommon were still questioning because they beat Leitrim in the semi-final and they would have been expected to do, to do that. So... Where where are they at? Where are Roscommon at, Donica? Um, I think I saw them a couple of times in Division One. I think I, honestly, I think they just looked out of their depth. And Kevin McStay alluded to it afterwards. Physically, just weren't up to it against the teams who've been around. So it wasn't a training thing or a plan thing. It was just they just were not good enough to be there. Well, physically as well, because you know, Monaghan. I saw them lose to Monaghan in a skein, and it was just it was men and boys stuff. Now, to be honest. Um, 
and Monaghan have been around the block a long time. I think that's that's the big like to have talented players. Like there's no doubt they've had so much under twenty one success at various winning Connacht's and stuff like that. That they there's no doubt that they have talented players. Um, I just think that on paper Galway are well ahead. Um, they have a brilliant set of forwards. They have if the ball if the kicker goes along, Galway will mop up because they have Tom Flynn. They have. Um, Quinton O'Carine and Paul Conroy knocking around there, and you see they even did it to they even did it against Kildare in the league final, and mm. um, that they were much too physical and much they were very dominant around that tour, particularly at the end and the game was on the line or was down for decision. So, um, I I just think if Gaul would play to the level they can, I think just Roscommon will find it too hard going. The only thing about Gaul is like against Tipperary last year, they showed that they can sort of go into a game maybe in the wrong frame of mind. Uh, for want of a better term, and then maybe they can get get caught. But going back to it again, there's more. Galway have done more than uh, more than enough to deserve the benefit of the doubt here. Basically, yeah. I spoke to Damien Comer about the week, and I said to him, every time after one of your matches, or every time you show up to a media event, people say, "Oh, the tip game last year," and he actually said he's just fed up hearing about it at this stage. And the, the way they went out and played against Mayo, who had 14 men for a long time, you can't forget that. To to get to back to back. Connacht finals by beating Mayo is no mean feat because it's very few teams like we said that actually do beat Mayo now what are they going to have to contend with with, um, with Roscommon probably Conor Devaney Dermot Murta Finton Craig like just like you said with me there's not all the best footballers in the county are lining out and it's the same for Roscommon and they haven't beaten Galway in 16 years and again much like Wexford with Monaghan it's very hard to make a massive case for them Oshin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes to show uh, he's absolutely right because no, neither of the two of us could make a case for them. But like, look at the forwards in Galway. Yeah, you yeah, know, like Comer, yeah. Shane yeah. Walsh, Eamon Branning, and like Sean Armstrong yeah. can't get in the team. Apparently, Michael Meehan is yeah. training well. Listen, do you know what? I, I'm going to make Stice, a, I'm going to make a case yeah. for Ross Common, but as per Michael usual, Lundy can't even get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As per usual, I'm I'm mo- I'm making the case just to make a case because you won't. I refuse uh, to. And in fairness, Boiler, I I will take your opinion uh, over mine here. Flattered. Exactly. Uh, well, you're, you're look. You're a good footballer man. Uh, he's a football man, Shane. He's a football man. Like with Roscommon, I'm not going to make a case for them so much as say we just don't know yet. Because I genuinely believe Max Day is a good coach. He's a strong-minded fella, and there's an awful lot of talent in Roscommon. I mean, sure, didn't they win that minor All Ireland in '06? <laughs> That's got to it's got to count for something. You know, at some stage, those players are going to come through. So I think they're due to line up the Masters are what? Cha- they're, championship. They're all in their 29 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, but they, they've had some good under-21 teams. Come on, lads, throw me a bone here. Jesus. Yeah. But, but well, they, they, they have... Just, they have yeah. You can make the case that they have been targeting this since the very start. Yeah. Like, they got Leitrim. The draw was kind. They got Leitrim. They could... Mm. Like, they never say it out loud, but they could definitely, in the back of their mind, saying, well, we get over that. Yeah. And we've a free shot yeah. at be it Galway or Mayo, whoever's yeah. going to come out the other side. And that's what it is. It's but a free I'm genuine shot. in saying that they do have a lot of talent and that oh, Kevin McStay is quite There's a good no coach. doubt about the talent, but the you would wonder what the last how the last couple of years have been spent. Yeah. Because, you know, there was a big row over winter which had to hold things back. There has been a sort of marked change in how they're approaching football now, how they're approaching the game. So is that going to take some time to bet in? Yeah. Um so you'd wonder about like they've a lot of injury problems as well. Those talented young, a lot of them like um, the Mortas have been picked up injuries. Yeah. Um, the two Smiths uh, have been well, and not so much, but they have picked up injuries as well. So you'd wonder just yeah where exactly they are. We, it, and you're right in saying we yeah. don't know. We don't know. That's exactly it. We just don't know. It's the ridiculousness of the championship, and we don't have to get into a format row again. But we know a lot about Galway because we've seen them a couple of times now. 
whereas we know nothing about Roscommon. And they might know themselves because they haven't really been tested. Well, they've been tested, all right. Division one. I, well, but, uh, I, yeah, but sure. It's only the league. League is most certainly league. What do we say during the league? Do we say it's only January? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Donica Boyle of the Irish Independent, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, lads. Off the Ball Friday GAA podcast with Shane Stapleton and Oshin Langan, all with thanks to Board Gosh Energy, proud sponsors of the GAA All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. Uh, we will go back to hurling very briefly before we finish because during the week, Kilkenny won their first Board Gosh Energy Leinster Under-21 title since 2012. They beat Wexford and beat them well in Nolan Park even before Wexford had a man sent off. Kilkenny were on top in that game. Uh, they're managed by Eddie Brennan, former Kilkenny forward and the day after I had a brief chat with him about his own management style and, and how difficult it is as compared to being a player I guess Shane when you're a player if you lose a game or something goes wrong you can find a way of foisting the responsibility you could move it away from yourself you can't do that as a manager you have to take the responsibility so I put it to Eddie that I guess that is the toughest side of management I suppose look myself personally I've, I've, I, I enjoy reading you know be it sports books and different books and, and you know one of the books that I suppose I read was Rudy Giuliani's one on, on the mayor of New York for 9-11 and you know one of the little nuggets that stuck with me from his book was you know the, the sign on his table that said I'm responsible and in a way that's as I see it as manager that's my job and my job is not to alone get the 15 on the field and, and, and get them tuned in but it's also to get numbers 31 and 32 buying in and giving them you know hope of playing and a realistic chance of playing and and I suppose when you're a manager, it encompasses a hell of a lot. And, and last year, maybe I, I suppose maybe I didn't fully appreciate that, or I didn't fully understand that. Whereas this year, you're understanding a little bit more. And like anything, as a player, you learn as you go along. And it's the same with this. Um, you know, I suppose still the times there and, and the sideline, and, and definitely there was. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a moment in Westmead two weeks ago where I said, "Oh no, please don't happen again." Yeah. And uh, you know, it was it. It's just that's what happens. Everything goes through your head. But um, I suppose for me, the big thing I find is that you have to kind of remain somewhat, keep your emotions in check, and and not get caught up in the occasion where sometimes players can do that. And like you said, their players focus on themselves, whereas you know you have to look at the bigger picture. And you're in a county where I guess you're going to be judged against the highest possible standards regards managers is is that tough does that make it difficult <laughs> yeah it probably does a little bit but um look like anything i think that for me as a player i i, I kind of said you control the controllables and, and in some regards look i can't worry about you know brian cody and, and what the senior setup do in kilkenny i just have to get my own house in order and and, and last year you know it was a learning curve um we certainly sat back as a group, we'll say myself and the selectors and, you know, look back on it and say, Jesus, we definitely do things a little bit different. We'd be a little bit firmer um, in, in, in what we're looking for, you know, both, for, you know, because you're working with Brian effectively um, because we have a big crossover with players there. So in some ways, I suppose you have to stand your ground sometimes and there's a good working relationship there, which is good. But I suppose it's just about working on our own side of things and getting our own side of things involved because yeah. we, we looked ahead of what was coming and, and this weekend was a challenge and last weekend was a challenge and it was just a case of look we can change that we just get on with it the boys are going to be with the seniors set up and when they're back with us they're back with us and maybe that's a testament to the young guys as well like we have 
seven or eight guys that are with the senior setup, and you know they just—it's a seamless transition for them to come back into our setup. And, yep. Okay, Eddie, I hear a Kilkenny fan in the background who wants your attention, so I'm going to let you go. Uh, congratulations on last night. Enjoy the weekend. A minor and an under-21 title in Leinster for Kilkenny this week. So um, that's a nice shot across the bows for anyone who was talking down Kilkenny hurling and saying, well, maybe they're not where they were. I'm a very nervous Waterford man this week, I have to say. Everyone's talking us up and I, I'm nervy. I won't lie to you, Eddie. Uh, listen, thank you very much for talking no to us. And, um, enjoy the win. We'll talk to you at the weekend. Thanks for All the best. Off the Balls Friday GA podcast, and that is Kilkenny under 21 manager and Sunday game pundit Eddie Brennan. He's an interesting guy, isn't he? He's not afraid to be himself. No, and he's a really great open talker. He's not too afraid to say what he th- thinks at all. Like, uh, and it's probably a little bit of a, um, you know, it's he's kind of dicing, it, yeah, <laughs> dicing with death a little bit. With Brian Cody is uh, a bit of an Alex Ferguson figure down in Kilkenny, but he pretty much says what he wants and doesn't really mind too much who sees it. And you have to admire that. And what you said about the the whole management thing and. You know, you can't really shirk responsibility when you're a manager, whereas as a player you might be able to voice it elsewhere. The worst managers are the ones who put it back on the players and said, lads, I've done all I can for you, it's up to you now. Because that's just not the way you yeah. get the best out of a team. You, you might not- get away with that once in a season or once over the, your course in, in your, your time in charge because invariably there will be the time when players don't perform. That yeah. can happen. Yeah. But you won't get away with it doing it constantly. Yeah, I, I was once in a, again, this is club-like, but... With a, in a dressing room with a manager who said, who basically put it all on the players and said, lads, I've done everything for you. You know, it's time for you to respond now. And it was in a succession of games and it was just very negative. Yeah, and I just well, thought, the same message. Now, this is years and years yeah. and years ago. Like, But, you know, it just, it doesn't sit well. And you want to be able to play if you're a manager. And when that's not happening, you're just not going to perform to your best. Yeah, Eddie, actually, he's one of these guys, he's earned the right to have an opinion like he's done it on the pitch he was a bit cocky on the pitch though his style of play he was always a pleasure to watch maybe he's a little bit cocky off the pitch nothing wrong with that again he's earned the right to be confident in his ability as a hurling man as a hurler and now as a coach yeah and but he's also got a huge dose of reality with that uh, Westmead game last year so yeah. he's seen he's seen the other side of it too so I think I think he's got a nice ground in it at this stage. Yeah, like you could even see the emotion uh, when they beat Dublin. It. No, even when they beat Westmead before. Yeah, like he seemed kind of choked up a little bit because it must have meant so much after a year of probably snide remarks about losing to Westmead. So uh, yeah, he's yeah very interesting to listen to and uh, definitely enjoyed that piece. And in fairness, when he's on the Sunday game, he does reference that loss to Westmead. He doesn't hide. No, that's the thing. That that's what I really so like about to, him. You have to own these things, like uh, yeah, otherwise Shane, you're a you victim know, to them. Yeah, but you know there are guys out there who'll just make excuses and they'll try and not mention it. They might even say it to you beforehand. Look, no more about that. Like Eddie Brennan, I've only interviewed him a couple of times. I don't know the guy. I've only met him a couple of times, but he's never said to me, "Hey, don't ask about that." And even when I asked him about it there, he was very open and honest about it. And he, he gave it. You know, you can't ask any more than for, that for a guy who started this podcast with. Uh, his love of Dahi Burke. You've really shifted it over to Eddie Brennan now. Yeah, well, I've got a lot of love to go around. Dahi is my love of the backs. Eddie is my love of the forwards. Right, Although, right. is he my love of management now? I he's not know. playing for Kilkenny anymore. I'm sure he must surely t- tip around with Greg Ballycallan. I look forward to your all-time love 15. <laughs> and Dan Shanahan team. will feature. I'm John sure. Milan will feature. Paul Flynn will feature. Ken McGrath will feature. Uh, Ozzy. Ozzy, already. The, the Prendergast brothers being... Club men, Clinton so, Hennessy. Niall they, Hennessy, who captained Waterford to an under 21 month so football So basically, title. Eddie Brennan, yeah. Dahi Burke, and then Waterford people. 
Eddie Brennan, Dahi Burke, and then Waterford, yeah. including all of its people. And maybe a few Kilmacud people, seeing as you join them. Well, look, they're a good bunch of lads. You know, a small club like us. You know, we got a bandy together. You know yourself being a Kula man. I do, yeah. Yeah. The, struggles, the small fishes. The struggles of a small club, sure. You know, not a whole pile of resources and whatever. You know, small catchment areas. Week to week struggling away. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, will, will we leave it at that? Because we'll this could get there. fairly we'll snidey if we're going down that road. Okay. It's been a snidey episode. It, it really has. Yeah, I think Boiler will thank us for it. Yeah. I think we've both played like backs today. We have. I've yeah. learned a lot today. I'm man, like, man ball. Even though lot. I'm older than you, I feel I've learned a lot from Mark and the older lad in training, <laughs> who, when I hit him and I'm afraid, says to me, about time for your young fella. <laughs> okay, that's it for this week. Uh, how can people abuse you? Uh, on Atchie and Saint. Uh, I can't take abuse, so only say nice things to me on at Hoshin Langan. We will catch you again next week. Lots of GA coverage on Off the Ball over the weekend, obviously. Uh, Dave McIntyre is going to be in Thurles tomorrow for the big double header. Dublin against Tip. It throws in at 5 o'clock. And at 7 o'clock, it's Waterford against Kilkenny. We'll have reaction on Off the Ball on Sunday from 1 o'clock. Uh, I'll be at the Munster final alongside Tommy Walsh. What a debut season as a pundit he's having for Off the Ball. Yeah, he's flying it. He's loving it. And he was really good during the week at the under-21s. Also, reaction to all of the qualifiers. Uh, that's it uh, for now. Thanks, as always, to Board Gosh Energy. Sponsors of our GA coverage on Off the Ball and also partners to the GA All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship hashtag hurling to the core. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.